She thinks she can help this yearning. She is already fond of the graceful sweeps of gray arcing over each of his ears, contrasting sharply with his otherwise starkly black hair and his mouth caught in something like the beginning of a smile, whether sheepish or mischievous, she isn't quite sure. It must be he is ripe for her gift. She will give him the office with the tall, useless, empty file cabinet in the corner, He will probably not think to open all the drawers and look in them his first day on the premises. But he will, eventually, discover a box tucked all the way into the darkness at the back of the bottom drawer, innocent-looking yet unexpected. How could one see such a thing and then not take a little peek inside? She wonders what effect it will have on him. Paris, January 12th. Dear Sir, Quite by accident, I have found the most fascinating record. I will be sending you scraps of my findings as I extract them. Thus, you must forgive me if the documentation does not yet make much sense to you. I will send all to you in the order in which I find it, and once I have all the data there is for me to excavate, I will attempt to collate everything into something more cogent. The letters are not in any order. Neither are the photographs. Neither are the coins, the gloves, the cards, nor anything else. It's all quite pell-mell, quite a puzzle. It has snowed here in Paris, a good fall that layers everything in a lovely sheen of glimmering white. The poor French are utterly routed by this development. It seldom snows here. Traffic is gridlocked. People are stuck places. It's rather funny. I'm told that when it snows, generally it is in tiny flakes that melt as soon as they hit the ground. This snow has stuck, and no one knows what to do. So I'm scanning the pieces of the record as I come upon them and sending copies of the scans to you, should some ill luck befall my notes. Included with this missive are my first findings. 1. A letter asking for a girl's hand in marriage dated 22 November 1915, accompanied by my clumsy translation. Two. Two photographs of the same man, taken approximately 50 years apart. These are the largest photographs. They rested on top of all the artifacts. They are approximately six by nine inches and quite beautifully preserved. The first is dated 26 January 1943. The second is undated, and likely taken in the last decade of the nineteenth century from the looks and clothes of the fellow in the picture. 3. A postcard from a father to his daughter from the front lines, dated 12 October 1918. 4. A rosary. 5. A tiny diary with a drawing of roses on the cover, which calls itself Little Memento Calendar for 1928. The thing fits in the palm of the hand. I have scanned the cover and a few of the pages. 6. Two calling cards, one for Monsieur and Madame Henri Brunet, and one for Madame Henri Brunet alone. I haven't yet found a photograph of the woman herself. Perhaps I will, but I'm not sure. Perhaps she's not much for pictures of herself. Her Christian name is Louise. That is all I have to show you for now, but there will be more.
I cannot tell you when for sure. I am constantly being sidetracked by other projects. Also by absurd administrative rigmaroles. The French appear to have a fondness for that. Especially the pretty red-haired secretary who loves to stamp things and have me fill them out in triplicate and make me take them places to be stamped again and bring them back. On some days, this tickles me. On other days, it makes me want to press the palms of both my hands against my ears to keep my brains from spilling out of them. I am well these days, sir. As a matter of fact, surprisingly well, considering that all my colleagues appear to be dropping like flies of various flu-like ailments. I have told no one yet of this record I have found. Surely someone would then try to steal it from me. Certainly the French would insist on sending it to preservation, and I would have to get a thousand things filled out and stamped before I could look at it again. What a nuisance. For now...